Hi, and welcome to Real Trail Talk. I am Donovan D'Souza from The Long Ways Better. And I'm Mark Pybus from The Life of Pi. Welcome to episode 59. This is uncharted territory for us in the sense that we're on different microphones, but this is in our own offices thanks to the coronavirus. Yeah, so this is the first episode that we've recorded since the... uh the physic physical distancing, yeah. Yeah. So, the previous episodes were recorded about a month ago, and this is the first one since then. So, things have changed quite a bit in the last month. Yeah. So, just to be safe, Donovan has lent me some of his recording equipment, and I have set it up in my own office, and he is in his office. Um, so, yeah, we've got video going on at the same time. It's all very weird and new. <laughs> we did something <laughs> like similar when you were on the Gold Coast, but nothing like this. Yeah, we're like, what, 10 minutes away <laughs> Yeah, <right now? laughs> And yeah, yeah, haven't seen Donovan since the last one. I'm not actually sure when I'll get to see you next. Yeah, I know. On, on the camera right here. Yeah, I can see Sadie on the camera. <laughs> yeah, no, she's been for two walks today. We've done, covered about 12 kilometers in, uh, just to get out and about, so she's nice and tuckered out. Awesome. All right, so I guess we get into it, and no doubt you've already seen by the title of the podcast, this is my rebuttal episode. (laughs) So it was kind of like I I planned to finish it in time so we could at least record a couple towards the end where I get to have a bit of a say, but as timing worked out, it never really happened, and we end up having a lot of guests on just to plug in the gap so it wasn't just you speaking all the time. Yeah, so I get my my response after listening to to your not ranting? complaints, but yeah, <laughs> ranting at times and also your uh, gushing at times. Um, yeah, yeah. Let's get let's get stuck into it. So, sure. Callum, I'm just dwelling up. Yeah, tell us what you thought. I mean, we when we did that episode, I think you'd done most of, or all of it anyway. But have your feelings changed about the section? Um, so the one section I hadn't done, so there was a f- couple of gaps between um, Dale Road and Sullivan Rock that I hadn't done, um, mm-hmm. and also Mount Cook onwards towards Dwelling Up, basically. I'd only done little little sections, so I was expecting the worst. And to be honest, it's come down to a lot of, and this is going to be a theme going right throughout the podcast, is it's expectations been set and mainly by you as well um that the area from mount cook onwards was going to be horribly burnt and terrible (laughs) but i didn't find that though i picked the perfect weekend in i think it was july to do this one and it was beautiful temperatures cloudy um not a whole lot of burnt forest which is good and I really enjoyed just the the simple act of walking. Like it's not a hilly section, and it was nice just to to be out there. And like it's the reason why we do it. Um, as much as it doesn't have like the super thrilling um, like granite peaks or giant forest, it was just nice forest in places. And some of actually the best Yarra forest on the track is found here. I think. Mm. I think. What you said about expectation is probably a big thing because in the because you don't have the the old guidebooks and in there they said it was the best Wandu Creek systems on the track mm. and I could see Wandu Creeks but they were quite far away 
So I think that, you know, what you say there, like I think if you went to it with my expectation of, of, of it being excellent and then you went and did it with the opposite of, of me being quite negative about it. And that's also something I'd like to raise is you were pretty much going off the guidebook as well. Whereas mm. every time I went out, I had a, the map and that was it. So I went in all open-eyed, whereas you were constantly referring throughout the day to the guidebook and telling mm. you what was coming up and what to expect. So I guess if something wasn't there, like the Wando Creek system, you're, you could be a little more disappointed than me that's just like, oh, hey, look, there's a Wando Creek over there, but we're not going to it. Um, yeah, I think that, that shaped your experience a lot mm. compared to mine whereas I was just like reading what you had written or had said on the podcast as a reference in the back of my mind so I know I did enjoy this and like I do have the same quibbles as you is like you run parallel to a few water courses but you don't actually mm. go near them it'd be nice to to get a bit closer yeah and I think as you said about timing that I did this not long after there was a uh, prescribed burn that went mm. a bit too far. Whereas you did, you did this probably like what a year or two after I did it. Yeah, probably. So I did this both in 2019. So the bit between Dale Road and Sullivan Rock or Mondanox, I did in June 2019, and then um, Sullivan Rock to North Bannister in July. So it had a bit of time to recover. It wasn't like been, everything had got like that jumper the epicormic regrowth so it yeah. wasn't pretty pretty but it wasn't at least like blackened and torched whereas i did find between mount dale um a more canning to mondanox a bit kind of burnt and unpleasant mm. um after the canning river it was fine but like around canning was still like i don't know it's probably like the worst that Jarrah can look and it is touted as like on the map there's like a bit of virgin jarra there and you're walking through and you're like oh is it though um <laughs> yeah because if they're burning it so much it kind of the big trees fall over and like it loses that special effect yeah it's hard to tell in that area which is supposed to be the the virgin jarra mm. i found that yeah. around bailing up as well skipping ahead but We'll get to that bit. Um, and then North Bannister to Dwelling Up. Um, this one had been put off like four or five times for me. And I'm actually mm. happy it then got shifted out to spring. It was September last year they did this one. And it was just a beautiful section of the track. Like there's not much in between North Bannister and Dwelling Up apart from the big mine. Like it just felt like a bit more wild. Like you're not yeah. going to run across lots of vehicles or people out there and you're going up and over the hills and Mount Wells is really special as well and I think I had perfect weather um, it was a little bit warm that first day but then the next two days was fantastic mm. my only uh, gripe about this section is they'd done a prescribed burn earlier in the year which is why I had to uh, postpone it and they'd ruined the area around Chidora like burnt the canopy so then all of the leaves then fall down and there's this huge it just feels really dry and open mm. and like they'd burnt right up to the Tudora camp so it was just really horrifying to see actually because mm. I'd heard that was quite a, a nice section was all lush and green yeah I, th I thought it was quite nice when I went um, 
So it's a shame that, but I guess as you say, you know, it's this is the I guess the the extra element that's difficult to to plan for is mm. is the external sort of forces that ap- apply to the track. Mm. Um, but yeah, the rest of the day, like walking into Dwelling Up was amazing. Like I love the railway and the connection you get with it. And mm. also the quality of the Jarrah Forest there is pretty cool. Apart from that one section where it runs near the highway and it takes you like, they're not even natives, are they? They're native to WA. They're like the no. smooth barked, like something you'd see in New South Wales. Yeah, I'm pretty like, sure they're, they're planted from there, yeah. Yeah, it's like, why are we going there? It just doesn't make sense. And it was just wasn't too long but it was just kind of a, a weird thing and i had a guy from victoria and he's like they're not native are they i was like no they are not <laughs> yeah i think that that whole section there is is mainly about following the rail the old railway mm. line yeah no, i did enjoy that and we got to see the not the steam train but the diesel um locomotive thing pulling tourists yeah. along that was quite cool um and then dwelling up to collie that was that was our fifth episode wasn't it fifth or sixth episode so i hadn't done this one yet either but i had the maintenance sections um so able to provide a little perspective but this is a trip that i actually did with aaron the whole seven days and this is probably one of the the sections i'll agree with you that it's not the best and it is a giant compromise for the track yeah and it's it's quite a long section, isn't it? Because it's quite a you you did you do this all the way through in one go? Yeah, from dwelling up all the way to Collie. Yeah, how many nights is that? Uh, six nights. So we stayed in every campsite because um, yeah, it was like a thirty-four k day. If you doubled into Collie, I was like, no, I'll just slow down and enjoy the experience. Mm. But yeah, it's just that connection with the outside world just doesn't leave you and we did this on the we started on the june long weekend so it was already a lot of activity going on with people trying to get outside and a lot of dirt bikes a lot of four-wheel drives a lot of illegal camping going on and i remember at one point i think it was murray to Ducanelli, and we're up on the ridge um, near the river and you could hear the pig dogs and the shooting and the cars and everything i was just like I hate this. This is terrible. Like, what has society become that these areas are just infested with these idiots? Um, so I just put my headphones on. I was actually quite sad doing that. And then seeing that it all burnt out and it just wasn't enjoyable. Mm. Um, even though it was kind of like it was just a, maybe a two or three kilometer stretch I didn't really enjoy. And then, yeah, I think it's missing that kind of connection with the river um, yeah. along there especially that first and second day out is you're really only a couple of spots where you're like oh cool there's a the river and then you kind of go away from it mm. um, so I'd like to see that area realigned in the future but I doubt it will happen and also shut off to illegal activity but that'll never happen because they don't have the resources hopefully they do have the resources there at the moment because yes well that's the thing it takes a a pandemic like this for them to actually crack down on people doing the wrong thing Um, yeah yeah we'll see what happens but i mean it's it's an enjoyable section and it's one that i have two maintenance sections in so i enjoy going out and looking after it but it's just it gets to me a bit more here because i see frequently 
like how the area gets ruined by dirt bikes and mm. the mining as well, which is becoming more of an issue. You wonder when that'll try and jump the river and swallow up a whole section of the track. Um, there's just yeah. a whole lot of like mixed activities in this area that make me a little anxious and um, yeah, just it's always in the back of my mind when I walk through here, like the future and what's going to go on with this area. But moving on from there though, past like the, the conveyor belt onwards, I actually really, really enjoy. Um, the day from Duke and LA to the conveyor belt was not fun. That giant <laughs> long four wheel drive track is horrible. Um, the only consolation is it was bucketing with rain and you just kind of put your head down and just, walk through it whereas if it was yep. a nice day i think i would have been even more disappointed um, but yeah past the conveyor belt it begins to start feeling like you're in the wild again and you're not going to see anyone and walking mm. up and down those valleys um, through the forest even though it was burnt out from the 2015 fires i think it was it's just a nice area and yordamung I think, again, going back to your perspective, is you visited right after it was horribly burnt, whereas I'd yeah. given it a year and a bit to recover, and it actually, like, you could tell it'd been burnt, but not as bad as what you described. Was it like hell on earth or something? Yeah, and I mean, I saw your photos, because they don't look anything like what I saw. Mm. What I saw was just like the bleakest landscape I'd ever seen mm. uh, and especially when people talked about it as being a particularly special place and then to see it like that yeah I talked to the maintenance volunteers that look after Yordamung and they were devastated when the fire went through because they were describing it as like a beautiful beautiful place like untouched and it, that fire just ruined that whole area and there's been mm. another one go through so I think Yordamung was one of the ones that was almost burnt down so we'll have to see what that looks like when the, the interstate travel ban gets lifted. Yeah, have a walk out there and see how bad it is. Mm. Let's hope yeah. my the kingdom of Pi doesn't get too badly burnt because that was already done quite quite badly in 2015. Yeah. But yeah, and then, I don't know, walking into Collie, I, it was better than I expected. Um, so you liked Westralia? I did actually. Um, the she oak forest that dominates that area, I love she oak. So even though it was a bit burnt, I didn't mind it. And even coming towards the end of a seven day stretch, I was still like slowing down to take photos of sundews and like the different um, wildflowers and burnt scenes that were there. My only gripe though was the one kilometer or over one kilometer of highway walking because you're like it's the end of a seven day stretch and you're walking along this highway and you see trucks going by with giant logs on reminding you of like the devastation that goes on in this area and like all mm. the diesel utes and full drives like spewing out that horrible diesel um smoke it was just not a great way to end it and i don't think like having gone through as a walker from collie like it's just it's such a bleak town. I know they're trying to revitalize <laughs> it, but it's like the walk in, you get to the visitor center, you're like, Well, what now? And there's no bake there's no good bakery. Um, there's a couple of pubs which uh, we got picked up that afternoon, but there's just not a lot to make you cheerful about Collie. I don't know, it's just 
whether it's the town, whether I'm being too harsh, I'm not entirely sure, but it just gives off that vibe to me. Yep. Maybe you need to hashtag visit Collie again. <laughs> yeah. Well, they're hell-bent on destroying their uh, national parks and everything else with prescribed burns to get away, so maybe they don't want people to visit. Yep. So the next section uh, from yep. there, south of Collie. Yes. Um, what do you think? Really enjoyed it. I know you didn't, but I <laughs> love this section. Um, just endless Jarrah forest. I mean, the, that's that's why, Mark. I that's know. Why I didn't love it. Um, yeah, like the the walk out of Collie again along the highway is not great, but at least you're starting that time, and it's a bit like kind of hodgepodge getting out, but there's enough like small patches to enjoy, especially like before the Collie River. And then once you get past that last power line crossing, you're just in just nice Jarrah forest. And I remember just taking it really slow, like stopping every hour, just having a sit down in the forest and enjoying it. Um, Yabberup camps, I'm not a big fan of. It's a bit dark and grim, although since I've visited, they have redone it. It's now got a skylight and it's, I think they've done some extensions maybe. Yeah. So it is a little lighter, but yeah. It's not set in a bad area. It's just I didn't really like that shelter the first time I saw it and revisiting to stay the night. I wasn't too keen, so I set up my tent um, near the fire area. And then day two is actually really enjoyable. I love the variety on um, Yabberup to Nogarup because you've got a good mix of Jarrah Forest and you visit Glenmervyn Dam and that's a nice little distraction. Had a bit of a swim in there. And then more Jarrah Forest, then you hit like Mumbleup area. And I like that yep. this is the farmland, like it connects you with the farmland. So I think if you try and put the track too much into the Jarrah Forest, especially having that long Darling Scarp section, is like you lose a bit of connection with Country WA because it isn't all forest. It's farmlands mm. and small little hamlets. And I was lucky that the pub was open and I had fish and chips and I had a lady come over who was on a biking trip with her husband and she'd done the track a few years ago and we were swapping stories and it was just that kind of nice camaraderie even though like I was the only walker there it was just nice to talk to someone um, about the track mm. and then the walk up to Preston National Park even though it was warm it was really enjoyable like again just near the farmland mm. um, what time of year was it? this was spring so it was September 2018 okay and then Preston National Park, um, as advertised by you, a very lovely national park. Yeah. Um, like, but, it seems it seems like it shouldn't be as nice as it is, but it actually is nice. Yeah, just like a random <laughs> national park in the middle of nowhere. And what makes it funnier is there's a Forest Products Commission pine plantation on the other side of the road as you're walking up towards it. Mm. So I was just lucky that it's, you know, preserved the way it is and lots of wildflowers just carpeting everywhere. Mm. Um, yeah, Nogger Up, um, enjoyable camp. So I didn't get to stay in the shelter because I had the two um, middle-aged stoners that were out looking for magic mushrooms, oh, yes, <laughs> taking right. over everything. <laughs> yeah. But the being next to the brook was really cool. I found a nice log to do some stretching on and have a drink and whatnot. Um, but yeah, it's just nice. But then listening to Steve on the Dream Bill Woman podcast talk about that area and how good it could be kind of mm. makes me want to go back and explore some of the, the things he was talking about with the granite, um, 
like bubbles everywhere and the little brooks and orchid fields and everything. Yeah, because there's that one little tester area where you walk across the granite. Yeah. And I thought, oh, this is going to get really exciting. And then it just like skirted it and then left. Well, there's one, one scene in Lord of the Rings. It's not even a scene. It's a shot when Sam and Frodo are leaving the Shire. And it's like a montage of them going through the Shire. And there's one bit where they come to like a rocky little waterfall bit next to a river. And I was like, that's what I'm picturing this area could be. Because it is quite mm. hilly. And you'd imagine there'd be something like that with the granite. Yeah. I, like, I wish the track would find that and go near it a lot more than it actually does. Mm. Um, but then knock her up to Grimwade, your favourite day <laughs> on the track. <laughs> yeah, uh, well, it's not my least favourite day, but I, I did say, and I think that you agreed with me, maybe you might have enjoyed it more, but I said you could put the photos in any order and it would be correct. Yes. And you did say that writing this was quite difficult because of how samey it was. It was, but also I've just recently redone the photos and I actually kind of have gone back to, I can remember each individual bit. <laughs> really? So I don't know what it was when I was writing it, but I was like, I'm struggling to remember this section and like relating to these photos, but now I can picture it in my mind as I'm going along. And, yeah, I'm actually redoing the photo. I was like, I want to walk this day again. I know you probably will never walk this day, but never. it was just <laughs> enjoyable. Like, there's a lot of, uh, not a lot, but there's some bits of unburnt Jarrah that are really cool because it is just Jarrah and really low undergrowth. So it's just like a, a sea of tree trunks, and that's really cool. I like that walking. But then this is the area where they're like, it's un- virgin Jarrah forest. And I was trying to get the map matched up to my GPS. I'm like, this doesn't look like virgin Jarrah forest. There's some bigger Jarrah trees, but it just looks like everything else because it was all burnt out. Yeah. And I kind of like, I, I understand where you're coming from, where it could be the same for the whole day, but I did not mind this at all this day. Mm. But you, you enjoy walking through Jarrah forest. I do. There's a certain calmness that comes to. Like just looking at the ground, looking for wildflowers and orchids and then seeing, especially the grey trunks, I like seeing a lot of those. Um, Yeah, I don't think I'll ever sway you on this one, will I? I don't think so, somehow. Although, that being said, yesterday I did go for a cycle on the Railway Reserves Heritage Trail and Mm -hmm. I did find at the speed of bike that Jarrah was not as repugnant as I find it when walking. Well, there you go. You can do the Mundabidi then and rave yes. about the Jarrah Forest. <laughs> so maybe maybe that might change my mind. Although I've heard the Mundabidi riders that ride at the Jarrah Forest areas, they always complain about the pea gravel, so that can be the focus of your, your hatred and your rage. <laughs> well, I'll be focusing so much, I won't be paying attention to the Jarrah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then Grimwade to bailing up. I actually didn't enjoy this day. I know you didn't because it was your final day and you were injured and a few things went on there. Um, but yeah. I just found it a bit... Like the bits that I thought I was going to enjoy, I didn't. So the the final walk into town along the bailing up brook, mm. I just found it meandering for the sake of meandering and there was too much going on in terms of scenery changes. So you were never yeah. really too close to the brook and there's a lot of blackberry that they were trying to get rid of there's lots of like random pine areas it just wasn't the idyllic 
like scenes I was expecting from bailing up, given how nice the town is. Mm. Um, I just wish that there was a a group that would spend a lot of money or time trying to make that into a really nice place because there could like it could be a draw card for the town to have a, a loop walk or a out and back walk along there mm. and it has a lot of potential it's just very hodgepodge in terms of the walking and then also having random properties everywhere and then like walking along a road for like 50 meters and then cutting back in and then more road and yeah yeah it was just kind of at this point my foot was really really hurting so i just wanted to get into town um but yeah it was just it's it's an all right day it's just it's a long one too mm. you just want it, to get and in. it feels it feels like forever to get into town as well mm. and they're mm. also done a prescribed burn just out of grimwade <laughs> um when Wonderful. i went through what did you think of the, uh, you know, there's that whole section of the, the young Jarrah and they're trying to say the regenerative power of the Jarrah forest? Um, where was that? Where was that? <laughs> That's like just after the, the after Grimwade, it goes into the section where there's like really young Jarrah and in the book they big up it as like, uh. um, you know, how reg- the regenerative power or so- some something like that. And it just looks like really young scrappy regrowth well they've gone and burnt it when i went through (laughs) so i wasn't i was just kind of i think i was trying to average like six k's an hour through there just to get it over with yeah Um, yeah, so it looked worse than (laughs) yeah i didn't really notice the regenerative power like it looked nice because it was recently burnt and it was like the green of the undergrowth like the new shoots the black and then the pinks and the reds and the orange and then a blue sky as well. So I didn't mind it. I just didn't enjoy it. Yeah. Mm. So moving south from yes. Bailing Up. Bailing Up to Donnelly River. This was the first day out of Bailing Up was a bit melancholy for me because I seriously thought about bailing in Bailing Up um, because of my foot. It was really badly bruised and like mm. I was taking painkillers just so I could hobble along the track. I ended up leaving town really late. Um, but yeah, I really enjoy this day. This is probably one of the the more enjoyable days I had on the track. So going through the the Golden Valley Tree Park, I'd already visited there, and it wasn't the best time of year for it. But it was still nice to like have that callback. I think that's kind of what got me through this day. It was a couple of places I'd already been, and I could have that nice memory come back as to when I'd visited before. Mm. And the walk up the hill was really nice into the green bushes area. And again, I'd already been there doing the green bushes loop, so it was nice to return. And it was just kind of a, I don't know, it was a weird day, like mentally for me. Like I was happy and sad and melancholy and like doubting whether I could still do it. But I, I got through it in the end, and it was a really, really fun day once mm. I got past. Um, green bushes and the Jarrah forest into the farmland like i think it's spring road and then you get to the top of it and you can just see like farmland as far as the eye can see and then there's pine mm. plantation in the distance i was like all right that, that's when i really perked up and i was like i'm enjoying this now and yeah. like the walk through the the farm like there's that iconic photo that you posted um that really had me g'd up for the day of the billman <laughs> post yeah, the, the Windows marker. 95 look. Yeah, like blue sky, <laughs> green field, and like that's where you have to walk up, and that I love that section. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, and then seeing the pine plantations, like it's still fairly young pine plantation, but it's not terrible to walk through. Mm. And then I was expecting Blackwood Shelter to be a lot worse than it actually was. But it's beautiful up there. I don't know why. Like, I understand that it was nicer when there were pines behind the shelter, but that view hasn't changed. And, like, I did have perfect weather. There was no winds. It was fairly warm. So I got a nice sunset, and you look out over that valley, and, like, I don't understand why people bag it out as much as they do. I think because it's very windy, um, and if you've had, if you were there, were you? Did you have good weather, or was it quite windy when you were there? No, no. So like next to no wind, which is why I said like in when I wrote my log entry, uh, this is probably weather dependent. But I really enjoyed this. Yeah. But like I don't understand because it is it faces north, and most of the weather comes from the southwest. So it's weird that so many people get the wind and the weather come into the shelter as much as they do. Mm. Um, yeah, I'm not sure. When, when we were there, it was terrible because it was so windy. We actually set up... This is the first time we set up our tent in the shelter mm. um, because it was... You know, you, you couldn't even light a stove very easily because it would just blow out. Yeah. Um, so it wasn't, wasn't a, the best experience. Yeah, no, I understand. Like the area needs a lot of landscaping to make it look nice, and I mean, Steve mentioned they might be moving the shelter, but I really hope they don't because I enjoyed watching the sunset from that spot. Um, just yeah, a bit of landscaping, a few more trees planted behind the shelter would be great. Um, but mm. otherwise, that's probably one of my better things. I think they put that in my top ten when I was doing my review. Um, so I can see the <laughs> surprise look on your face. Top 10, yeah. Top 10. <laughs> a um, lot of people did used to say it was in their top 10, but I think it has it has slid down the charts, charts mm. quite significantly over the last decade. And again, I think it's all down to circumstance and experience. Like, had I, it have been rainy or cold, I don't think I would have enjoyed it, but I mm. just had the perfect afternoon there. So... And it was a fantastic night as well, like the mist rolling through the valley. I think I had a full moon and getting up and there's that scene in Lord of the Rings where Legolas is talking to um, Aragorn and there's like a bright moon and it's all misty. I was like, that's exactly what it was. Yep. Um, So Blackwood to Gregory Brook. This day I did not enjoy. Um, I just found it really kind of... Like, there's a lot of variety, but it wasn't good variety. It was just kind of a, when am I going to get to a good spot? And I think it was a bit of a missed opportunity with the Blackwood River as well. Like, you don't really follow it that closely. Mm. And then the bridge going over it kind of is a bit dreary and concrete-y. Yeah. Um, did see the, the Southampton doggo, so that made it better. <laughs> Um, but it's just—it's a weird day. Like you, once you leave the river, you're climbing up to the dam on that like snaking road, and then you see the dam from a distance, and it's just kind of like patchy, burnt-out, like skeletal Jarrah forest. <laughs> and I know I, I enjoyed Jarrah. Was that Jarrah bad f- when I went there? Yeah, I, no. think, I think it was burnt after I went, but before you did, obviously. Well, no, it was. It wasn't burnt, burnt, but like you could tell, like a lot of the trees had been killed by fire, and they just weren't regenerating as they should. Mm. 
Um, so I think it's probably going to be like 20 years maybe if they even do recover. But I just found it a bit kind of like I just wanted to get through the kilometers. Mm. And getting towards Gregory Brook was a little bit better as it gets a bit wetter. But it's just kind of one of those days where you just walk and it's you don't have strong feelings either way. It was just kind of a, a day. Yeah. Um, again, maybe experience is a bit warm. Maybe if it was wetter, I might have enjoyed it. But it just kind of seemed like a bit of an awkward day just to get point A to point B. Fair enough. But then, yeah, into Donnelly River, I really enjoyed this day because you get to the Cary Forest and it's following the Donnelly River and it's all wet and lush and there's wildflowers. And I mean, towards Donnelly River gets a bit kind of, when are we going to get there? But yep. it is, it's a fantastic day and it's kind of that introduction to the Cary Forest because the guys that I'd stayed with at Grimwade and Bailing Up they were like raving about the Jarrah Forest. I was like, wait until you get to the Cary Forest. <laughs> and then, like, that was in the back of my mind when I was walking through here. Just like, this is this is what I'm here for. Like I remember like my very first like multi-day section on the bib and how good that was and it just kind of flooded back those memories. Mm. Awesome. And so the next section is really, you know, a full Cary Forest section. Yeah. So this one we actually, we recorded and I'd already done, so yep. I don't know. And again, like I wanted to raise a point about this section is I may rave about it having done it three years ago, but from what we've heard, Donnelly River to Tom Road's going to be burnt out for another few years and then they've just burnt around One Tree Bridge as well, so people reading our posts and going oh great i'll go do this it's one of the better sections maybe in for a bit of a shock when they walk Mm. through um so again it just comes down to timing Mm. with these sections that's, that's the challenge with the bib that i left going i don't know if you could ever walk it perfectly in Mm. that i don't know if you could ever walk it from start to finish and say well, I think that everything was in the best condition it ever could be. No, no, you'd never ever do that at the moment. But again, like it's trying to pick when some of the sections are going to be better. Like this Donnelly River to Pemberton, I think any time they burn is never the right time. Mm. It's just kind of when they can. So, but I mean, Cary Forest responds better to fire than the Jarrah Forest. So, I don't know, time yeah. will tell what it'll look like in a few years time it may actually be somewhat bearable mm. i think because you know it sheds every year so mm. it, it lets go of the burn whereas jarrah's like it could be 20 years since the last fire and you can still see char marks on those yeah. trees and again like in the carry forest sometimes it might make it better because you get the tunnels of the new growth and i know mm. you're not a big fan of one section here that had it but i actually mm. love like the endless <laughs> tunnels of um, right. whatever plant that is that grows. Um, Fair enough. <laughs> Pemberton to Northcliffe. I hadn't done this one when we recorded it. Mm. And actually, I enjoyed it. Like, I was looking forward to doing this section because I'd come back from Karajini. Yeah. And I'd been there for like a week and I'd penciled this one in for August. And I was like, I just want to get into the wetness of the, the Cary Forest after visiting Karajini. 
and it was beautiful. I had like it was stormy the night before I left, and then it was I got like twenty or thirty millimeters the first couple of days, and that's the kind of weather I really wanted. So I was mm. in heaven walking through this this section. I enjoy that it's like big ancient carry forest, but then you get the farm sections to kind of break it up. Yeah. And then Warren campsite's fantastic. I love love that position up on the hill. Mm. And Schaefer, like I was a bit too cold and wet to go for a swim, but I can understand why people love having the dam there. Yeah. And I think the forest there is interesting because it's such a mix. Mm. And you get some like really, really like you think that you're gone, you've gone deeper into the forest than like normal, like most people don't because there's that one section where there's like Tasmanian-esque ferns. Mm. And you're like, well, I have to have walked here to see that. You're not just going to drive somewhere into a car park and walk two meters to see that. That was a very small patch. And it just makes you feel like you've explored a little bit of the world that's maybe hidden from everyone else. And that's what I like about this section. Up until the last day, going into Northcliffe, where you're just like, well, I'm out of the forest now. It's just kind of pine plantation and not pine plantation, blue gum plantation and farmland um till the end <laughs> yeah yeah i mean it's not a bad day it's just kind of a mix because Northcliffe, yeah. for such a small town has so much like mixed use area around it, it kind of makes it mm. hard to go in and out of that town without bumping into a farm or a plantation or something else yeah so the next town to town section is probably the, is the one that I enjoyed the least, uh, and but yet you know there are some things that I got to experience that were quite good that you didn't get to experience. Yes. So w- it'd be very interested to hear what you think of this section. Yeah. So so we're we're talking about Northcliffe to Walpole. Northcliffe yeah. to Walpole. When did you do this one? Um, I think it was twenty seventeen in the autumn autumn okay so you're two years removed from the fires and i'm four years removed from the fires when i did this so it's kind of a a difference there but i Mm. still think we kind of had the same experience especially day one like i didn't enjoy that it's kind of wandered around aimlessly for quite a while and again like the carry forest you can't you can't like knock it because it had went through one of the most catastrophic fires we'd ever seen for carry forest um so there's going to be skeletons everywhere but as the track alignment i thought was a bit off like it could have gone closer to the the rivers a lot more Mm. and there's also like that messy exit out of town where it's like four kilometers of just crisscrossing roads and various little loops until you actually get away from things Mm. Um, but I'm not sure how you fix that because I've looked at the map and it just kind of it's it's a weird place Northcliffe for property but anyway um, but yeah it's not a bad day it's just kind of a so-so getting to Gardner yeah but Gardner through to the end I actually really 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 enjoyed probably because you'd set this low expectation for this section <laughs> But I did because I did this in the yeah the long started on the long weekend in June last year, 
So like you get those perfect winter days where it's like 19, 20 degrees and sunny and you don't get too warm but you don't get too cold. So it's just like you're just walking in the sunshine. It just feels good. You don't worry about getting burnt. So the open plain sections I didn't mind. Um, I actually quite enjoyed the emptiness of them. Um, yeah, there's this... Because like, you said that you thought the wilderness aspect was overplayed. Yeah. Whereas I think it was just about right. Like, you, at times you know there's roads there, but it doesn't feel like they're there unless a car goes by. Yeah. I, well, I, I feel like a lot of the track is on roads through here, which I didn't like. Um, and... You know, you didn't get to get that feeling. Like when you walk through button grass in Tasmania, you don't see any roads and there's no sense that there's a world beyond. And I, I didn't have that sense of separation. But you you felt that it did have that sense for you? Um, yeah, so more so after Dogpool. Actually, no, sorry, going after Lake Marring Up. Once you exit the Cary Forest from there... There's the like the start of you can feel the Pindurup Plain sections where it's they've cut a track into this like savanna type stuff, mm. and every now and then you'll get pockets of carry and Jarrah that you can see in the distance, and it's fun walking in that complete openness, um, which is like it's not something you do in WA. In WA, it's either a farm or it's forest. There's very little plains or savanna, mm. and I enjoyed just looking around you can see the curvature of the earth if you sit down and close your eyes you like you feel the emptiness and i really really enjoyed that um it just felt like another world mm. um but going back to lake marrying up that was i think i ranked this as the second best campsite or maybe the best campsite mm. that is yeah. just spectacular that place um, again, I got perfect weather and I got a new moon so I could watch the Milky Way rise over the lake. It was epic that night. Mm. Um, but it's just like, you if you say like marrying up to anyone who hasn't like walked a bib, they'll give you a blank look. But if you show them photos, they're like, wow, that looks pretty, really pretty. I'd like to go there. It's like, well, you can. You just have to walk. Yeah. Um, it's kind of like a one of the lakes around Collie or that area like the dams where people flock to in their cars it'd be a shame if they ever opened this up to to car travel because it is yeah. so much prettier than those places definitely it's um it, it has been burnt recently though didn't it like over the last spring i thought they'd planned to do it but i'm not sure whether they actually did it yeah i really hope they didn't um yeah because it's like such an area, you think the helicopters would be able to fill up from the lake to fight any fires, but I guess the carry forest with the fuel load that does carry, mm. um, pardon the pun, <laughs> um, you never know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and then moving on, so like dog pool area, uh, the one road I had an exception to along here is something different to you. I did not like Dog Road. No, I didn't that like was, Dog Road either. But you never mention it in the vein that you do with Marin Road and Pindurup Road. 
I think just the length. But I did say that my most hated section of the entire bib is from the start of Dog Road mm. through to when you enter the Pingarup Plains on the walk trail. Yeah. Yeah, I'd agree with that. But it's like I knew it was coming. Dog Road, I wasn't like I didn't <laughs> check. I deliberately don't read some of your posts right before I'm about to do um, a hike yeah. that you've already done. And this was, again, circumstance because exiting one of the carry, like going near one of the Jarrah Carry Islands, um, I was like, oh, I can't. I was went to put something back in my pack or take something out and I knocked the tube going into my hydration pack. So I like went to go take a drink and it was empty. And I was oh. like, oh, no, like I've run out of water. How's this happened? So I had to hike the last 8Ks without anything to drink. And like dog road, it's like 6Ks. I'm just like, right, I'm just going to power through. So I literally like 6, 7Ks an hour just rocketed straight through. It didn't take many photos. It was just like endless, boring road walking. Yeah. And then dog pool, like I've seen photos of the old dog pool and that looked amazing. Mm. Um, I like the area. It's just I don't like what they've done with the clearing so much around the shelter. Yeah. And that metal bridge. Yeah, don't don't agree that that's the best aesthetic look for the area. Yeah, no, it's not. Um, and then we come on to dog pool to mount. <laughs> <laughs> yep, go on. <laughs> so I had a fun start to the day. So you've got those white um, road signs that you find in the carry forest and it said Marin Road that way. So I was like, right, I set the camera up. I'm going to take a selfie, uh, like a time photo of this and send it to Donovan. <laughs> it ended up really blurry. Um, but like, because I knew it was coming, I could have some fun with it. And it actually wasn't as bad as I was expecting. Like there's, it's not just an endless road that's all the same. Like it changes. It goes from like big carry forest to like mixed forest to then nothing and really sandy. And it keeps changing it up. So I wasn't too disappointed in it. And I put in a good podcast. I was searching for wildflowers and orchids off the trail. Like I was having a good time along here. Um, so I'd actually say that I had a better time on this section than maybe some of the other like better sections of the track. Okay, really? Yeah. Like it was a nice day and I, I enjoyed walking it. And I actually at the, I think it's where it crosses the Shannon or a tributary of the Shannon River. It was International Nude Hikers Day coming up in a few weeks. So I was like, right, there's no one going to be around ever. So I stripped down and took a photo on that bridge. And that was a very um, liberating experience as a hiker. Yep. Um, but yeah, like I can understand if you've got a bad day or you're not expecting this much road walking that it could be terrible. Um, mm. But I, I enjoyed that section, mainly thanks to you, Donovan. Oh, you're you're most welcome, Mark. I uh, I I completely ruined you know the surprise. So, yeah. um, and what's even funnier is because like these later sections, I was um, playing that day of the podcast that night to kind of like match up what I thought, and like hearing your rant and then Ben countering it, it was just it was hilarious <laughs> to live through it um, and be like, yeah, no, I actually enjoyed that bit. Um, but then the Pindurup Plains that you started to enjoy, I mm. had the opposite experience because the year or the spring before, this had 
close this off for like 65Ks so they could do a prescribed burn. And they've just obliterated the area. Like it's just burnt and bleak and terrible. And they'd even, like they'd burnt right up to Mount Chance Shelter and they had to get a bulldozer in just so they could put out the fire. So Mount Chance was not what I expected. And I actually thought I'd mistaken the photos you'd taken of Mount Chance for wool bales. <laughs> um, yep. So I was like, maybe, maybe this isn't the spot I'm remembering because, like, the carries had been burnt all the way to the canopy, mm. and it was all blackened and a bit bleak. Um, the views were were still very, very lovely, looking out towards the sunset and over the plains, but around mm. the shelter was horrible and burnt. And then had the audacity to put in one of those signs saying. Look at all the great things that prescribed burning is doing. We're saving nature and this and that. I was like, no, you're ruining nature. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And because of that, the next day was like all the way up to Mount Pindura was just, I was in such a dark mood because mm. there was just no need for it. Like it was just, like that area is so remote. You're not protecting anything. There's not even like going to be a lot of fuel load out there. It's grassland, which is wet for most of the year. And if it does catch, it's going to burn out pretty quick. And if your response is good enough, you can put it out and contain it pretty well. Mm. I don't know. I just thought it was overkill. And a typical DBCA, Sparks and Wildlife, will just burn as much area as we can in one go just to meet the quotas. Yeah. I think what really sort of drove it home for me was there's a photo that I took of this section where it, and it's my favorite photo of this section where it's like, there's like, uh, you know, a golden glow in the sky. There's like gray clouds and there's like this beautiful tree and the pink up plains. And that was my like, oh, there you are, Peter. Like that was the moment when I saw the greatness of the pink up plains. Yeah. And you have the same photo, but it's like hideous. <laughs> Yeah, I'm just trying to find it now. I think that's fine, yeah. Yeah, the trees just got like all this epicomic regrowth. And it's just, he doesn't look bad, bad, because I've made it try and look a little nicer, but it's, <laughs> yeah, it's not the yeah. same as your photo. Because I remember that photo and being like, where is it? And I just by chance, I'd taken the same photo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, but like once you got to Mount Pinder up, because you rise up. Um, if you do the side trail and it's really mm. cool and lush and I just kind of had that moment where I took a breath I was like right like reset for the day it's so nice up there and it's very lush there's fungi it was kind of a return to the carry forest um, that you mm. experienced earlier in the section and then you get the really cool views which is actually kind of my version of Mount Chance with the the pristine carry trees and the granite um, that I missed out on on Mount Chance. Mm. And then for the rest of the day, I found that fantastic. Um, there's a couple of little burnt sections, but this was when you go through like the Pindurup Plains again properly. There's some nice sections of like mixed Jarrah and Carry, and then all the way to Wool Bales. Um, it's just a, like a really nice variety um, of, of landscapes that are... I was just enjoying quite mm. a lot. And then wool bales, I don't think I had the same experience as what everyone else does because 
it really started to cloud over and I think they were doing a prescribed burn near Mount Franklin and all that smoke mm. haze was coming in. Um, it drowned out the night sky so I didn't get to take any photos and it was just kind of a really dull sunset um, mm. just because of all the smoke and the, the cloud. But it's a nice enough spot. I would rate Mount Chance over Wool Bales um, even though it was burnt. Yeah, me too. Um, and Woolbales to Long Point. Um, this was kind of a, a tough one to start mm. with because you just want to get to the coast and it's always in the back of your mind that, like, I just want to get there, just want to get there. But it's it's still a long distance to go. And once you exit that carry forest and into the dune system, it's just like a bit of a slog um, trying to get there. Mm-hmm. But this is actually a really fun day. Um, I think it was Bonnie that commented like she's never seen Mandalay Beach so flat, like the waves and everything. And it was just like a really moody day that was fun. Mm. But yeah, like exiting Mandalay Beach, oh, those dunes are absolute killers. Like it, <laughs> like I thought I'd done so much further than I actually had and I looked at the GPS and then looked at the map. I was like, oh God, I've still got like all this snaking to go through and... <laughs> Luckily, it takes you near the the coastal cliffs um, a fair bit yeah. more than than I expected. But yeah, I was just kind of like, <laughs> "When are we there?" And then I just settled into, "I don't care how long it takes." Now I'm enjoying enjoying that day. Yeah. And you didn't get to go to um, Little Cove and Little Long Point, did you? No, I left it too late, and and I I didn't realize how far it was, mm. and I was wearing uh, sandals. And there was a snake on the track and it was getting dark and I thought, yeah, I think I've left this too late. I better get back and get some cooking done. Yeah. No, I highly recommend if you're there to go. Um, it's just a really fun spot. And if you keep going right up to Little Cove and the little granite areas you can sit on, it's just really meditative just watching the waves just crash in and like the sets roll in and the spray go up and it's... It's a very wild feeling. Like I know they say the the Pindarup Plains is the wilderness, but this kind of south coast area I think is very special because um, going forward you can access a lot of the points along here by car, mm. whereas I think this is a, a walkers only bit. Um, it feels a little bit more special. Mm. And it's also one of the only side trips on the trail that are, it's like an actual proper side mm. trip. Like, yeah, it's marked on the shelter, like Little Cove this way, whereas most of the other ones you wouldn't know about unless you got the guidebook or you look at the map. Yeah. Mm. And then Wool Bales to Walpole. So this was a day of two halves. So the first part of the day was really spectacular. Like it was, it had rained overnight and it was just like clearing showers and sunshine and rainbows all along the coastline. But then when it hits um, the Neutz Wilderness area, sorry, it's the Nates Wilderness area, isn't it? We cleared this up. Um, it started to rain quite heavily. And yeah. so my experience from there going into Deep River and Mount Clare, which I'd already hiked anyway, so I wasn't too disappointed about not getting any photos, was just drenched. Like I remember being at Mount Clare and I was there for an hour because I was cold, I'd taken all of my hiking stuff off and put my thermals on, and I was just waiting for the showers to stop. And then at one point, I was just like, "They're not going to stop." <laughs> so I put my wet clothes back on and just like bolted straight into Walpole. 
like pouring with rain my shoes were full of water it was still enjoyable but yeah had I have not hiked that already I think I would have been really disappointed not to get those photos um, but yeah then Walpole like I'm familiar with the town so it was nice to get there and put the shoes in front of the fire and enjoy a, a wine yep did you have a pie no because I got there fairly late and because that was my only like street clothes my hiking stuff so I had to wait for that to dry <laughs> after having a shower before I could go into town right end up going in wet hiking pants um and they didn't have like the bakery it was the middle of winter so nothing was really open the bakery had nothing vegetarian end up getting a panini or something from the cafe attached to the bp and i was like this is horribly unfulfilling and then <laughs> um my favorite restaurant in town is it the top deck cafe I haven't been, though. Oh, yeah. The guy had closed for weeks um, so he could go on holiday, and it was a quiet season, so that wasn't open. I was really looking forward to eating there, and it was closed. Mm. So I ended up going to the pub, and I was literally the only person eating that night, and I ordered, like, I think it was a cannellini and chips, and it just felt like they'd pulled it out of the freezer, put it in the oven, and then sprinkled some sauce and cheese on the top, and... (laughs) Yeah, not an experience that I particularly enjoyed and it's kind of like turned my like end of hike meals into I'm not that excited for them anymore. Right. Just because like you go, especially if you're on out in the track for a week, your stomach shrinks so much that you can really only eat half a meal. Mm. So you better make sure it's a damn good meal otherwise you're going to be really disappointed. Mm. Um, but okay, so... Yeah. The, uh, the next section, Walpole's Denmark's my favorite section. And how? what did you think? Do you think it's your favorite? or I think you had different view feelings about it than I did. Yeah, there's a couple of days in here sorry, where I think we differ quite a lot. Um, I, I don't know. I wouldn't say it's my favorite, but it's probably equal favorite. Probably, yeah, equal favourite with Donnelly River to Pemberton or the Darling Range section, even though it's that's more like two sections. Mm. The first three days are outstanding. I think that's five out of five walking for me. Um, just the mix of Tingle Forest, the Inlet, and then as you get to Conspicuous and Rame Head, um, those days are outstanding. But it's the, the coastal walking I don't really enjoy. Um, it's just the endless up and downs and especially like Ramehead to Peaceful Bay there's that first section before you get to the coast that's kind of like it's uh, the new alignment and it's not great because you're on four wheel drive tracks and it's it's kind of meandering until you get to the coast but then once you get to the coast I really enjoy that entire stretch up to Peaceful Bay and it's just mm. such an idyllic spot um, fish and chips, caravan park. It was really warm when I was visiting, so I got to take a swim and spent a fair bit of time at the beach. Mm. Um, but yeah, it's you, just, you had a very different opinion about my favorite day of the track, I think. I did. You? And I was listening to it back while I was doing it, and I was just like, why? Like, what was it about this section? Am I missing something? Because, like, the walk to the Irwin Inlet it's okay but it's not fantastic Mm. and there's that section where you're walking next to the coast but you're not really near the coast 
And I thought you would have hated that, the bit walking up to the inlet entry. We did it the other way around. So this was near the end of the day. And I think probably uh, that okay. changes the experience because it's like, yeah, it's this, this road that's leading into Peaceful Bay. It's just another going into town section. And it's all right, but I've already had such a fantastic experience of the rest of it that I can discount that. But maybe if mm. it's the first thing you see, then it's not as exciting. Yeah, just like I could just, like I was looking at the map, I was like, why don't I just take it onto the beach? Like that would make it so much better because it is like 13 Ks before you actually see a beach on this day, apart from Peaceful Bay. Mm. But the inlet crossing was as described, that was really fun. Um, I had a bit of an adventure trying to put the canoe back onto the other side because I didn't quite like match up the winds. It was pushing from the northeast, which was a bit of a weird one for that time of day. Um, so I got blown towards the shore. I was like, you know what? I'm just going to paddle straight towards the shore and then just walk it up. And that mm. actually solved my foot problems that I was having. Um, yeah, I was having some issues and I decided to continue on um but then a little dip in the Irwin Inlet fixed that right up so I can say that it's magic. <laughs> awesome. And then the showgrounds, like this was an area I was really looking forward to after seeing all your pictures and your description of it. Um, yeah, beautiful area. It's just, again, like a really weird spot that you wouldn't expect just to have mm. like meadows. Yeah. Um, and there was like lots of wildflowers, lots of kangaroos um, who weren't too keen on moving along, which was good. So I got a few photos of them. Yeah. But then I just it felt like it dragged on for a, a bit too long. And there's those really steep up and downs on the dune systems. Where I was like, mm. come on, let's just end this. And then once I got to the beach, I was quite happy again because it was hard sand. I took my shoes off, rolled my my pants up, and like played in the surf a little bit. And then through the quarums, I enjoyed quite a lot. I liked the the in and out of the rock, um, rocky bays and the beaches. But then leaving, I think it's Back Beach, um, the one that's accessible by four-wheel drive, and then you go, it's the one leading towards that big staircase. Yep. From then onwards, I was like, what the hell is this section? Like, why does Donovan love this so much? It's just like dune bashing at its worst because there's all these four-wheel drive tracks crossing it. You're not actually seeing the ocean that much. It's kind of like weird inland views. And I was like, why is this a five out of five day for him? And I just, you must have gotten better weather or like, because you were doing that in the morning probably, so maybe it wasn't mm. too much of an issue because it was fresh. Well, I've done the section twice and I loved it twice. So it wasn't just the one day thing because I did mm. it. When I first hit the track in 2003, this was my favorite day of the Walpole to Denmark section. And then doing it again, I really enjoyed it. And so I've done it in both directions. And I, I felt that, I think, here's something that we, we discussed was that you find like seeing a four-wheel drive on a beach much more objectionable than I do. Whereas like, walking on a broad four-wheel drive track. I really hate that. So like Marin Road was a much more objectionable to me because it's like a double lane ro like road. Mm. And I hate that. Whereas if I see a four-wheel drive on the beach, that doesn't bother me that much. Yeah, but like most of the time in the Jarrah Forest, like if you see a four-wheel drive, you know it's probably not meant to be there. 
Whereas right. on the south coast, like these are accessible tracks that people are allowed to go on. So it's it, that kind of like it takes the specialness away from me that people like you've spent most of your day trying to get here and you're walking along it yet people can just drive up and drive on the beach and like it's like moving on a little bit to Mazzaletti like people can drive along that beach and it takes Mm. you a long time to walk that yet people can drive in like minutes and cover the distance that you are it kind of doesn't make it feel as special Mm. yeah I guess uh, that that doesn't really bother me but I guess if it does bother you then that would take away the specialness of those days. Yeah, it's just like it's, and it's almost every beach. That's the thing. Like if you'd left just a couple, that probably wouldn't have irked me as much. But it's like almost every beach and vantage point is accessible by some kind of four-wheel drive track, and you're always mm. crossing them. That's the thing. Mm. Um, but the end of this day, I really, really enjoyed. So, going up and seeing Rope Hill, um, which is not like a marked trail that they tell you to go up. Um, that was really cool. Like I'd gone up and had a look before I went down to the shelter. And then as I was cooking dinner, I was like, you know what? I'm only probably going to be here once in a decade mm. or every five years or whatever. Put the dinner down and like literally sprinted up the hill to go and watch the sunset from Rope Hill. And that was a really cool and special experience that I I'm thankful that I did and I've actually mm. like I didn't used to be this kind of person but now I'm like a, a seize the day kind of <laughs> go yep. and do it like what's your excuse kind of thing instead of putting up all these like mental blocks as to why you shouldn't do something um, so that was really cool and then I got the sunset like the afterglow looking back towards Boat Harbour campsite that was really cool mm. And then this next day again, this was a weird circumstance for me because it was split into two um, because the Parry Inlet, they opened up like the week, like the, sorry, the day before I left to do this section. So I couldn't mm. cross it anyway. So it I'd, felt like that whole year uh, they were conspiring against you. Oh, it's just everything. <laughs> like I was thinking about this today. Like I've been wanting to visit Shannon National Park for years now. And I was going to go next week around Easter with my niece <laughs> and take her there, but now we can't do that. So I don't know. There's certain places that I just, yeah, the the hiking gods don't want me to visit until a special time. But this one was a bit of a, a weird one because it was like a half day. Like I knew I was getting picked up at Parry's mm. and I did not enjoy this day at all, this half day. Like, it's just up and down and up and down. You don't really get to see much. It was okay for the first bit around Boat Harbour, but after that, I was just like, just get it over with. And then once you pass Point Hillier, the walk down to Paris just feels like an eternity. And Mm. it was just warm. I think by the time I got to Denmark, it was like 31 degrees. Um, So it would have been about that walking through there. It was just... I know it wasn't my cup of tea, but then coming back, um, got different weather. It was raining and overcast, and then it was fining up. And I really enjoyed Mazzaletti Beach, probably because it was the first seven kilometers of that day. <laughs> yeah. And it was nice and hard as well, so I wasn't exactly like trudging and knee deep in sand. Um, mm. So that was cool. I'm watching like the different fronts come through dump their rain and then go off and create rainbows that was really really fun 
and Greenspool. I decided not to take the official track. I decided to go to Greenspool and do it that way. And I think that's where the track should go. And I hope they realign it once all that construction work is done. Yeah. Because that's, that's a special spot that I think everyone should visit. Yeah, it's crazy that it, it doesn't officially go there because it, it it's just around the corner. Yeah. But and, it um, makes so yeah. much sense to go there, though. Because, like, mm. why cut through to then miss it and say, oh, it's there if you want to? Just take it there. And it's weird because there's, there's Bill and Mark is already on the staircases there. Um, that was It's just quite odd because it is something you won't see on the track at all apart from there is giant giant boulders in turquoise water and the bit down to the elephant cove like you're not going to get that anywhere else and it's so special especially on a warm day if you want to go for a swim yeah for sure um and then the last day into denmark i think we have differing opinions on this one as well you think Mm -hmm. it's a great day up until you leave mount halliwell yep you think it, I would you tend think to agree, but okay. I actually enjoyed the walk into town. I know you found it tedious, but I was, I don't know, it was late afternoon, or not late afternoon, like mid-afternoon, there was good lighting, the Jarrah Forest looked really nice, and yes, you, I was... Even the, even the dieback infested Even bits? the dieback infested bits, there was still wildflowers growing in that area. Um, and like I did, I was looking at the map, being like, because it's so weird the way it turns and turns and turns and you're like, I'm pretty sure we need to go that way but the track's heading me in another direction. So I was looking yep. at the map and being like, surely we have to turn soon. But it was just, it was differing landscapes that wasn't wasn't bad. Um, the sub- walk through suburbia is like not great but it, like you understand why they have to do it. Mm. And then I didn't mind the Jarrah Forest going into town. I don't know. It was probably against circumstance. Yeah, um, I know. And also, it. you probably, you know, I I gave it such a negative review that that probably does help again. Yeah, a little bit. Um, I don't know. And because this was my first, like, this was a day and a half into this trip. Had this have been probably at the end of my seven day hike, I think I would mm. have felt a lot different. Mm. Um, probably would have been similar to like walking into Northcliffe or Collie maybe. Um, but the like the walk from the it's weird that the trailhead is at the um, bridge over the Denmark River at the mouth, and you yeah. still have to walk into town. Um, I really enjoy that walk along the the river, the Mokari Heritage Trail. Yeah, I think that's a good way to come into town because you really don't see the built-up area until you're actually at the the park and in town so it's not too far from like a trail to wherever yeah. you're staying and it's probably like one of the only times you walk through a like manicured landscaped park mm. um and it has that kind of like the shire kind of feel with the river it's just a nice way to enter town probably like the nicest of the into town um you know side trips yeah Mm. Um, so Denmark to Albany so I really had a different experience with this to you because I got dropped off at Pelican Point Jetty so my first day to or my first section to Nullakai was actually I think probably a little bit more enjoyable because I skipped out on 
or sorry, I included a whole lot of the inlet walking. Yep. Which was a little bit um, nerve-wracking at times because I was so wary of snakes. I did this in late September. And every mm. time I heard a rustle, I was like, shit, because you don't, like, it's such long grass, you could step on something so easily. But there were so many orchids through this area. Like the Nullakai Peninsula, I stopped counting how many donkey orchids I saw after an hour because it was in the the hundreds. It was ridiculous. Mm. Like there were just patches of them where there would have been six or seven dozen in a couple of square meters. Um, But then, yeah, like I understand the frustrations of the Nullakai area because it is kind of... It's walking to get somewhere and like you... Nullakai is not the best campsite and I'm happy I made the decision not to stay there because it didn't yep. look too appealing. Even like the middle of the day when I was there, it was still mozzy infested and <laughs> yep. yeah, happy I did not stay. Um, So this, this whole section I did in three days. So this was actually like me feeling like a through hiker and doing big kilometers a day, like 30, 30 plus a day. So mm-hmm. it felt kind of fun to kind of get to a campsite and being like, right, this is lunch instead of what do I do for the rest of the day? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. This this first section up until West Cape Howe campsite, um, I, I don't rate this section very highly. I think it could be a lot better than it actually is. Mm. Um, so again, we probably agree on that point. But is it? It's Lowlands Beach, the first one that you come across, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. So from there onwards, I really enjoyed, and yeah, it was a really good wildflower season when I was through. So even walking through like the twisty, windy, like here's the Prongerups and the the Sterling Range section, that's kind of a I don't know. It's a bit of a missed opportunity. I actually enjoyed because it was spotting new different or different kinds of wildflowers and yeah mm. west cape how though it's a that's a really cool campsite being up yeah. on the the hill there seeing west cape how in the distance and getting getting the cool sunset and i was lucky to have that one to myself that night awesome yeah um so then next day for me so i did West Cape Howe to Muttonbird, so I skipped Torbay staying there. Mm. So covering quite a bit of distance this day was actually quite fun because you knew you had to be at a certain point by sunset, so it was fun just to pound out the kilometres. And I remember stopping, it was about 4Ks in, and I texted um, our little chat groups with the photo of where they'd burnt out and I was just yep. like, I hope this does not last. And you guys were all like, oh, no, that looks terrible. But luckily that didn't last. And it was actually quite a fun day. This is actually where I think this section improves quite a bit and is arguably one of the the better sections of the whole track. Is you're up on the cliffs, you get to see the turquoise water down below. Um, it just It feels less like dune bashing and more purposeful the route that it mm. takes um, bit disappointed it doesn't go out to West Cape Howe but the views looking down towards Shelley Beach from the Bruce Tarbottom Memorial Track is <laughs> that yeah. little section there where you're up on the cliff 
um that's that's a really special part of the track and i'm, I'm glad it, it does go up there um yep even thanks if it does to, skip uh, west cape Howe. thanks to bruce tabotten <laughs> yeah whoever you are there's not really much information out there yeah um and then all the way to torbay i like that they, they then visit some granite because mm-hmm. like as soon as I saw that granite, I was like, right, I'm in the Tondira Albany area. Like it was a that moment where it hits you, like I'm close to finishing. There's Albany, and you rise up and you can see the wind farm, and you can see out towards like Bald Head and Peak Head, and it's getting closer. And it just that moment felt like it was the end. And I really enjoy that little section walking down and you get to dingo beach um even though you don't go to it um it's still pretty cool being that close and torbay i would have liked to have stayed there it looks like a really cool spot um but it's just timing wise didn't work out the way i'd planned Mm -hmm. um and then you get to probably one of my favorite sections of the track is cozy corner to mutton bird yeah it's lovely there yeah really cool beach um just felt really just relaxing like you weren't on a through hike you were just walking along the beach everything was nice and hard like you pass i passed a few people as a guy driven onto the beach which again i didn't mind because i felt like i was closer to albany so it wasn't so much of a big deal Mm-hmm. I don't know mentally so how it's okay I came now. to that. Yeah, it was <laughs> yeah. okay now because we're we're close to Albany and Cozy Corner. Like you, that's a campsite that people can go to, and yeah, it felt really cool. And then looking out towards, I think it's Shelter Islands, the one closest to Mutton Bird, and there's another one, a bit further mm-hmm. out. It was just like perfect lighting for me, and then there were storm clouds coming in. And it was just, it was an amazing, like, atmospheric conditions for me finishing that day. Um, and then I got to explore the side trail, which I'm happy I found that note in the book. So as you get into Muttonbird, there's that four-wheel drive track you cross. Mm-hmm. If you go towards the coast on that, it's like four or 500 meters. You get to, like, the cliff area and you get the really cool views looking back towards the wind farm and then looking, um, what is that, west to West Cape Howe. Mm-hmm it's there that was one of the best sunsets i've had on the trail and also sunrises because i went up there in the morning as well Mm. but mutton bird campsite oh my god that was one of the worst nights i've had on the trail out there yeah why is that well because i went up to view the sunset and i hadn't cooked dinner and i got back and the mozzies came in like there was just so many mozzies and i hadn't set up my tent in because i didn't think that they were going to be that bad so I was like trying to cook dinner, set up my tent, and then I took my dinner into my tent. And there was a couple staying there as well. They'd already gone to bed as soon as it got dark. So I was trying not to wake them. I was trying not to flash my lights. And I could hear all the mozzies inside my tent once I zipped it up. So I was like trying to kill them so they didn't bite <laughs> me. It was just such an awkward experience. And then I woke up and there's millipedes everywhere. So I was like... Really, really like panicked and anxious. Like, I didn't want them on my tent that I was going to pack away. Um, yeah, it was just not not a great night. Um, but then the final day, that walk to Sandpatch is just magnificent. Mm. Um, so yeah, that that walk to Sandpatch is magnificent. Um, just beautiful coastline, um, 
beautiful water. You got the wind farm as well. It's really cool that you get to walk through it and just get to see like the big turbines and I don't know. There's a little bit of magic on that that day because I was looking out for whales and I didn't see one, but I got to see dolphins in the surf below the cliffs, and that was enough for me. I think that was yeah, that's, that's that awesome. topped it off. Um, but yeah, the, the walk into Albany not fantastic. We talked about this on the the Dream Bib pod, but yeah, it's just such a slog, and it was starting to like sprinkle with rain, and I just wanted to get into town. And then that little side trip up Mount Melville, I was like, why are we doing this? Like, why not just go straight <laughs> along the coast? Like, I don't care yeah. if I'm walking on the road, just get me, also, you know, along the coast, along the bay, just get me into town. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. I guess, I guess they, they, there must be some logic behind, they thought, oh, this will be exciting and interesting. Yeah. yeah it's just an it's... annoyance at the end of the day. <laughs> yeah. Someone needs to fund my tunnel under, uh, King George said. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. One day. Yeah. So I, I had a few questions for you about the track. Um, because I guess, you know, this has been a rebuttal, but it's not, not been a, a significant, like, tut tut, Donovan, we, I disagree with you. Uh, but it's, it's your opinion of it and how maybe a different time of doing it has changed your experience compared to mine. Um, and I just wanted to ask, because I, I guess I, I left the track and, and uh, while I was very glad to have done it, I probably left and realized this is not really the kind of trail for me. But then also, you know, it, it, it taught me a lot about hiking. So I guess the question I'd have is from when you started to now, how has it changed you as a hiker uh, and, and influenced that as, as, a, as an entire experience? Um, I would say, and I know, I know one hiker who said, who like scoffs at the fact when any, anyone calls it a life-changing experience. I think it is like it's. If for me it was a three-year experience, I grew as a person um, a whole lot through hiking the track because it is doing it independently. You have to plan execute um like adjust everything that goes into it is an experience that will change you Mm. and the track like it goes to so many different places and i think i've become a lot more aware of certain things like the logging in the southwest the mining like the impact that humans have on the entire world has been changed a lot more because I am out in these areas and you see like what's going on and for 95% of the track it's regrowth forest from one point or another so Mm. it's really sad to see that like the human impact on our landscape as much as people think it's wilderness it's not like every part of the track has been touched by humans at one point Um, probably more for the worse than the better um, so mentally and like spiritually and emotionally I've matured a whole lot doing the track and like it becomes a part of you like each mm. section that you do when you see someone else has done it you're like oh I remember when I did that and like you want other people to have the same experience that you did not the same but like a similar experience so yeah it it becomes part of you and changes you and I think this has done my life or for my life probably more than anything else I would have to say 
Awesome. That's really good. What about you? Has, like, I know you came off the track feeling a bit down, but has your thoughts changed over the years? Do you think you'll ever maybe do an end-to-end or revisit some of the sections? So I think yeah, it. I'll say that to begin with, I probably wouldn't be a hiker if not for the Bibbulmun track. So the first time you know I wanted to walk a track was when I saw the Bibbulmun track sign when I was thirteen, and it it certainly has been you know a, a constant companion in that sense. I think where its strength is is that it's a great trail to learn how to hike on. Uh, I think that it it has taught me a lot, but it also taught me that I probably am not really like what I want out of a trail is one that's very much a visually stunning trail with a lot of wow moments and while I can appreciate some of those contemplative you know um, mental state sections where there's nothing really to see that's not what I'm really wanting to go out and hike for Mm. and so I probably realized that there was a difference in, you know, I've often talked about this, different genres of hiking, that there are people who hike for mental well-being. Some people hike for distance. Like, you know, that's something that's really important to people. And I realized that I'm probably not a distance person, that I'm more interested in, um, you know, spectacular scenery. And while the bib does have it, it doesn't have it on a level that I would want out of a trail. And that's okay. I mean, I'm not saying that it's a bad trail. I think it's a fantastic trail. And I think as far as long trails go, you know, you'd be hard-pressed to find one with better facilities. Mm. Um, but, uh, yeah, I guess the, there are sections of the track that I would very much like to do again. And all the mo- more so now that I can't do them. <laughs> I'm certainly feeling it. Mm. Um, but then there are sections, like as you said, that, you know, there are bits that I probably will never walk again. Um, if I can avoid it. So I think that that's, that's where I am with it. And I, as, I, as I said not too long ago, I still haven't gotten over the trauma of Marin Road, but maybe one day I will, and then I will do it again. <laughs> that can be like your like final step in your recovery is you go out to Marin Road and you make your peace with it. Yeah. Maybe, maybe take Steve with you. <laughs> Yeah, uh, but I remember you saying on a, a previous pod that the Billman has taught you that you're not a through hiker and that doesn't interest you. Is that still the case? Yes, it is. That is true. Um, however, I did say to you that if if I was unemployed and uh, we could travel around Australia again, that I would go and try the Larapinta. Mm. Um, I think I would, I'd probably try something that's sort of in that length where it's like just a bit over two weeks to do yeah. something like that, or the Grampians peak trail would be something I'd do. And, and then I'd see whether it's just, that I don't like the, that kind of forest walking mm. or whether it is a through hiking thing. Yeah. Cause if I, if I did that and I enjoyed it, then it says that it's not the through hiking thing that's not of interest to me mm. i guess what w- what i mean when i say that is that i i feel like the bib because of its length is co- is compromised because no- nothing that long can ever be outstanding from start to finish and i'm not interested in walking a compromised trail um but then for other people that doesn't matter like you know we have a lot of friends and acquaintances 
who only seek out trails that are going to take them for like two, three weeks. Mm. Um, and that's, you know, totally fair. I think that that's a valid um, perspective to have. Yeah. Do you feel like you would do another through hike of this length? Um, yes, most definitely. So <laughs> there's a bit of a running joke with um, friends that have that know me like have known me since I first started working for the company that I do that just waiting out for redundancy because it's like been on the cards for like going on a decade now (laughs) um and it's I think it's maybe like three or four years away or I'm hoping it's three or four years away and yeah just waiting out to do that and then I can afford to take like a big enough time and I've already said like I've that happens I'm doing the bib and I'd be quite mm. happy. Like I'm looking forward to doing it end to end, and then maybe ride mm. them under Biddy back. Mm. Um, but like in terms of trails, either around Australia or around the world, like I see myself as a like not a super duper through hiker, like doing the Pacific Crest Trail or the Appalachian or something like that. But like lengths around the Billman up to like fifteen hundred, two thousand kilometers, I think I'd be quite interested in doing. Mm. if I had the time and the money. Um, mm. But for now, like, because the bib is local, it's nice and close. You can plan certain sections around long weekends or weeks off. Like, I'm be more than happy to go back and do another sectional end-to-end. Mm. Would you ever do it as a full thing from start to finish in one go? Yeah, yeah. so if I do get redundancy, I would do it. Calamine to yeah. Albany. Um, hopefully, by the time that happens, maybe my niece is old enough and maybe wants to do it with me. I think that'd be a cool experience because um, mm. I think doing it solo, like I'd enjoy it, but it'd be nice to like show someone the track, especially a, a close family member. Um, mm. Even if I had like a friend join for half of it or a few weeks or whatever, or have different people join me over the time, I'd. It's one thing I said after hiking so much of it so much of it solo is I much prefer it if someone was there to share the experience. Mm. Cool. So normally here's where we would say thank you to our guests, but I'll thank you, Mark, for sharing your experience of this. No, thank you for uh well, I don't know, it's it's been a long time coming and I really honestly did not think it would take us fifty nine episodes to get to this point. Like I had yep. originally planned to finish this um, in 2018 so for it to to be this long and I really wanted to have some time to mull over and write a post about it before I came on but mm. yeah I guess we might be doing this you and me thing for a while now if we can't figure out how to get guests on um, yeah via the I, mean, phone. I, think, I think we'll work it out but we've just got to f- work out the logistics and I had an experience the other day where I was on a a video meeting with someone and they were talking to someone else mm. and they could hear someone else but I couldn't hear the other someone else uh, which made me think ah that's a eureka moment but yeah. we're not there yet so we'll um be working that out um but this I'm hoping uh is the epilogue to our Bibbleman track story because this is you know we've covered a lot of different sections and yeah, I don't think there's much more we can say about it, really, is I mean, there? until they do, like, a massive realignment or they open new campsites, I really, like, I don't see what else we do. We've done our Dream Bib two-parter. Yep. Um, yeah. This might be goodbye to the Bib for a while. Yeah. Which is kind of, 
it's nice to finish and it's also a little bit sad but i guess but that's the experience of finishing a trail isn't it <laughs> exactly like you're always looking for the next one and we've got plenty of content planned um yep. hopefully the situation we're in now doesn't last too long and we can get through it and then off on mm. other adventures yeah, I mean, I'm I'm not banking on the Thorsbyn Trail happening in July, but that's my version of, you know, you were talking about things that you're never meant to do, yeah. and uh, it seems like the Thorsbyn Trail is my white whale, but uh, we'll see. You'll get there one day. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Well, anyway, um, thank you everyone for listening. If you've enjoyed this episode or any other episode of Real Trail Talk, then please rate us on whatever platform you're currently listening to us on. Ratings really help for us to reach an audience and for people who maybe are looking to learn about the outdoors in Western Australia and Australia in general. If you had any questions or any suggestions for future episodes, you can email us at realtrailtalk at gmail.com or you can contact us through our social media channels. We'll be back in two weeks. We're not quite sure what we're going to do because of the obvious uh, limitations, but we shall certainly strive to bring something interesting for you in our next episode. Thanks for listening.